0: Hi, everybody. Just kind of waiting for people to come on before I start. I love it. Thanks for coming to my page. Open to the universe, QHHT. My name is Jennifer Martinez. I live in West Yellowstone, Montana, and I'm a practitioner for QHHT, which is quantum healing hypnosis technique. This technique was developed by the late Dolores Cannon. Um, She's amazing. Yep, I lo- absolutely love this technique. It's um it's an eye opener. It's a awakening of the soul. Um, it's super gentle. Everyone can do this technique. As far as go under, um, just kind of wanted to come on here today and talk about past lives. Essentially, it is a form of past life regression really just meaning that sometimes energy gets left from the other lives and gets brought into our current life, and we don't really realize that. That causes obstacles and things like that in our life. So going to a practitioner and clearing those things away, um, that way essentially you can live your best life. Um, And it's time now for us. It's a great time to be alive a great time to experience these things. I am a light worker. I do more than just QHHT. I do Reiki and um, and I love it and it's great. And I'm soon realizing that I am a motivational, inspirational speaker. I love it. I love building people up. I build myself up every day It's already changed my life in the last week. I have more motivation, more excitement in life. So I really appreciate, I I just appreciate the universe and appreciate being alive. (laughs) Yesterday I kind of talked about guardian angels. That was absolutely amazing. And yes, so today, past lives, um, as a practitioner, um, we practice on each other. And with that, I have experienced several of my lives, my soul's lives, because obviously not me, Jennifer, have lived those lives but my soul has and that's a part of me and which makes me who I am today all of those lives and I was just listening to someone else that was explaining how we're all in a parallel life a parallel time where even our past lives are our current lives um, there is no past there's always here and now which is incredible I love that Gets me really excited thinking, whoa, all right, I can do this. I can explain it and endure these lives and take bits and pieces from those lives and bring them into this, like confidence and outgoing. And those are really my weaknesses, if I ever were going to say, if I had weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And so this builds my confidence just talking about it. So I've had um, a session. And when I went through that session, I actually particularly had some family issues. So I kind of focused on my family issues and wanted the practitioner to ask about that. But as you go under, you really don't know where you're going to end up unless the practitioner, because this is so gentle, as the practitioner, you're. we just want you to see what you see. We don't tell you what to see. It's not original hypnosis like um, quit smoking or lose weight. So the practitioner doesn't tell you what to see. So generally we're saying, what do you see now? How do you feel now? And so when you do that, it lets you as you're under, um, experience, well, see what you see um, and realize that it is real. Um, and if, what was I going to say? Anyway, as I go under, I go through a past life. And I'm a little kid because I go into this life. I don't realize what one it is. And I explain I'm a little kid and I explain how I look and the practitioner is asking these questions. How do you look? And those kind of things. So I'm describing myself and she's moving me forward. And, um, as I'm moving forward, I'm seeing the life and realizing it's the time of the civil war i was a wealthy person my father was the mayor and the judge he was a big jolly guy white but like no neck and just a big jolly guy (laughs) and i was like daddy's little girl i had i am normally i'm brunette and i'm italian and but in that life i was this ginger i would you know red hair white skin couldn't be outside remember saying that when i do go outside i needed to have um full garment on which i thought was hilarious that i wouldn't even have said that <laughs> so um as she was moving me forward i realized she asked me where my my mother was i before I even knew it, I was at her grave and I was like, Oh, it looks like she passed away. She was having my sister and she passed away. And she, so the practitioner was like, Whoa, she was a new practitioner level one as I was a level two. Um, and I just described everything about it, moved out of that life. She brought me to the death scene, went through it. I ended up in the universe in the, in the it's hard to describe, but in the universe, I am just this being. And she was asking me how I felt about that life. And I said, Well, I didn't learn much. It was just a simple life. Um, and as I um, was going through that, explaining that to her, off to the side, I saw this portal. And it was in the universe. And I was like, For some reason, this portal's bugging me. And I said that to the practitioner and she was like, okay, well, let's see what that is. Can you go over to it? And I thought, yeah, I'm floating next to it. And I could see in it like it was a doorway into a whole nother place. And as I like look into it, I could see like a Pueblo um, style building, from the ground up where there was no doors, but there was like doorways, but no actual door to close, windows that were etched out of the side. And um, I was hovering above it because I went through the portal. And um, shes I instantly said, as I was hovering above it, I said, I don't know, but I feel very Egyptian. I feel so Egyptian. That's all I kept saying and uh she's wanted to explore it a little bit more and ask certain questions for me to explore it more and what i was seeing was this like slums almost i kept saying they're delusional they're very delusional it's so hot here it's very hot there's no breeze there's no fresh air i feel very restricted is what i kept saying and so she released that um sensation so that i could carry on and keep talking about what i was seeing because see we get these sensations because they're in the cellular structure of our body um stored memories for eternity will never they'll never be gone basically um that's the neat part about QHHT. It's like when you go under and oh. you experience this, you really feel it. You really feel it because it really happened. Um, and that's just activating those cells and opening them up and and seeing the memory in your mind. And uh, so as I'm going through it, I realize she said, "Who are you observing?" And I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I went in the actual um, peplo, peplo building, is what I noticed, is that was the best I can describe it as. And I went in there and there was just torches, torches for the light so you can see. So it was dim with flickering of light, the firelight. And um, I, uh, I could see people sitting down etching into the wall. Carving under the wall, their stories. And I thought, I'm looking at them and they're sweating and they're praying and they want out of there. They feel stuck. And I said, they're Hebrews. I mean, now as I listen to it, I'm like, I said Hebrews, you know? <laughs> I just, it's funny because I didn't really know much about the Egyptians. Um, but as I'm under, I knew everything about them. And so here I am. And she said, Hebrews. And then I said, Yeah, they're Hebrews. They're my slaves, just like that. <laughs> and she said, They're your slaves? And I said, Yeah, yeah, they're my family. <laughs> because as she's moving me forward and, and asking why I even have them as my slaves, I said, Oh, well, I'm a royal Egyptian, and my mother is the sister to the pharaoh. And she said, the pharaoh? And I thought, I thought about it. My mind wasn't sure. I felt tricked. You know, your your ego comes in, and it tries to trick you and say, no, this is fake. No, you can't make that. You, <laughs> what? You know that's what your ego does and so it's really up to the practitioner to relax the ego and say it's okay you're doing a great job you know whatever you see is right don't overthink it don't try to knock it out of your mind so i so i went through and i said okay i actually saw myself sitting at the um we had different levels um depending on what member of the family member you were for the Egyptians. So um, so the king or the pharaoh would sit at the very top and then you would see the his siblings sit at the middle and then so on and so on would go down and down and down. But I was still at the top. I was a niece to the pharaoh. So that was very close family member type deal. Um, and as I'm going through this and seeing it, I, she, she um, said, what happens next? And I said, oh, no, I was like, it looks like the Pharaoh died and his son, who is way too young, is going to be Pharaoh. And she thought, oh, what do you mean by that? That he leads with his mind and not his heart and he knows nothing he is very very young and I looked at him like I literally was up there and I glanced at him and he gave me this like don't mess with me look and I felt very scared and I, t- I said that out loud And so, um, you know, the practitioner's like, okay, and that is the practitioner's job is to basically um, let those feelings go, you know, and let you just observe it without any of the feelings and sensations. And um, so I said, um, it's like walking on eggshells. He makes you do things that you could never possibly think you could do, um, horrible things um and so as i moved forward i could see the pyramids being built because she asked me what i was doing and i said well i'm not doing anything i'm just watching from the top from the top watching down watching the hebrews uh finish the pyramid and she said oh she's like do the hebrews finish the pyramids and i said no They don't because they're too slow. It's taken them hundreds of thousands of years. Like I made it like it took them forever to build just a little bit of the the pyramids. And um, when I would see the Hebrews, I basically said that they were like ants. I used the analogy as, oh, there's a whole bunch of ants. And she said, a whole bunch of ants. And I said, well, that's what the Hebrews look like from where I'm sitting And she's like where are you sitting and i said well as the royal family we sit at the very top shaded fanned with a fan someone's fanning us and we eat from and drink from gold gold plates gold cups gold everything was gold and i was beautiful i was decked out turquoise and gold but mostly gold this is the crazy part i actually felt like it was really heavy And I remember feeling the heaviness of the gold. I had gold around my neck. I had gold on my arms and my head. And I felt that like pressure of heaviness. And I said that. And so she released those feelings for me. So as a practitioner, you kind of do that throughout the whole time because you're going to have sensations. You're going to have feelings when you experience a session. And uh, she moved me forward just a tiny bit. And she said, well, let's get to the point when the pyramids are finished. And I said, okay. And here I did. I moved a tiny bit. And the feral had only been feral for a while. Um, I said, I see something in the distance in the sky. And she said, what? You know, the practitioner's like, huh? Just blown away, really, because she's a level one, only if, has done like, maybe five people. (laughs) And so this blew her mind. She was like, what do I got here, you know, as a practitioner? So um, she asked me what else I saw. Well, let me go back to when I said the Hebrews were like ants. (laughs) I saw the big guards whipping them and I shouted out, quit whipping them. And when I did that, I also glanced at the Pharaoh because I thought like, I was really there screaming it. And you really can't do that as a royal member. You had to just be quiet and watch them do it. (laughs) And she goes, who's whipping them? And I said, the guards, I was like, they can't go faster. They can't move faster. They're already at their maxed point, the Hebrews. This is amazing because like I said at the very beginning, I knew nothing about Egyptians, nothing about um, Hebrews and all that. Sure, you get bits and pieces, you know, in school and stuff, but you really have to do your own research if you're intrigued by it. Me, I wasn't. I was never really, I mean, sure, it's pretty cool and it's ancient times and stuff, but I wasn't intrigued enough to be studying Egyptians at all in the least. So I, I, you know, obviously I knew about King Tut and a little bit about that. That's it. Just the fact that he was super young when he came, became Pharaoh and died super young. So, okay. Going back to what I saw in the sky, it was a black disc, but it It was the fall time because I realized the way the sun came in and the way the sun was like this burnt orange sun and the sky was haze and there was no pure circulation. There was just stagnant heat um, from the environment, just stagnant, dry. It's it's oh, that's that's also what I experienced, the feeling So I say, she she doesn't go too in depth about, she goes, okay, what's in the sky, what do you see? And I said a black disc and I said, they landed. And she's like, they landed? And I was like, yeah, they landed far away, but they're coming over on camels and they're extremely tall. And she's like, okay. She's like, do you see them? And I said, no, they have the most beautiful garments on. And um, they're covered from head to toe and you can't see their skin. You can't anything, but they're communicating with us. And she says, well, do you meet them? And I said, hey. Um, So and I said, "Um, I'm at the bottom of the royal family. I'm a cousin, so I don't get to meet them because it was, obviously the feral, and then any of his aunts and uncles. So it just went like that down the line. I could see them from a distance. I could see that they were extremely tall, and there was just three of them. They got off the camel, they greeted us, and they said they could finish the pyramids. And I wasn't scared of them, more or less than she said. um, She's like, who do you think these?" they are. And I said, well, they're the gods. They came. That's all I know is that they're the gods. And so I thought it was, um, thank you. Thank you. It's a trip. I know this story is absolutely incredible. The The crazy part is it just all came out so naturally as I'm under and as the practitioners talking to me. That's why I love QHHD, quantum healing hypnosis technique. Just wanted to revise that, what technique this is. It's by Dolores Cannon. Um, it's beautiful. So as I go under, okay, as going back to them coming off and there's just three of them and they're going to finish the pyramids, they, she said, how do they do it if there's just three of them? And I said, well, I was like, hmm, I'm looking, I'm observing because there's still my being observing the story, um, movie. I don't know how you want to present it as what you see. You know, if you want to say a show, a story, a movie, <laughs> any of that. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh, I was like, they levitated up there. And she's like, they it, And I said, yeah and i say it with like it's fine it's normal like I'm <laughs> putting it up there and she says why are they doing it and i said because it has to be a perfect alignment it must be aligned perfectly and she's like what's it for and i said communication so it was a lot of <laughs> it was a lot of that um anyway um as she keeps moving me forward I said, it's a sad day, and she, or not necessarily a sad day, but like a day of a funeral or something. And she's like, what happened? And I said, the Pharaoh died, he died. And I kind of had this sense of like relief, but then like a sense of, oh no, who's next to lead? Um, and she said, how old was he? And I said, I don't know his exact age, young, young. I would say he's just barely a man. And I didn't know much about King Tut or anything like that. I didn't understand it. And uh, as he was pharaoh, also, I left out that my, we all had slaves as the royal family. We had to because we we didn't have to lift a finger. We didn't have to bathe ourselves. We didn't have to feed ourselves so I, let, I had 10 slaves. I let them go because she asked me where my slaves were. And I said, I freed them in the middle of the night. She said, oh, no, what happened? She, I said, it's like they're the king. They control everything the Pharaoh does. It, it controls literally everything. Um, and I freed them. And the Pharaoh found out that mine escaped. And he thought it was fishy because they really couldn't escape. There was nowhere where for them to go. (laughs) Yes. And um, so she said, well, can't you just not have um, slaves? And I said, no, because I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to do anything. That was the sad part that I'm saying these things. And (laughs) I did not know any of it. Like I ended up standing in front of the kitchen where they like had all this, the women slaves down there, just doing the whole cooking for the whole Royal family. And it scared me. I I was scared. I stood in front of it and like, I was like, "I, I don't, I don't know the first thing. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to get the food. And, uh, So she moves me forward. That's when then I said it was a sad day because the Pharaoh died. Because basically, we did everything the Pharaoh wanted us to do. I walked on eggshells. It was literally walking on eggshells, life or death. That's what I said. I was like, this is no regular walking on eggshells. This is like, you do it or you die. And that was embedded in me like that fear, because I see it now in my life. Like when I listen back at my videos, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I sometimes have issues of being so kind to people where I'm like walking on eggshells so I don't make anyone mad. And I recognize that now. Um, <sighs> and uh, so he passes away. Here comes like the other... I you know, I couldn't really pinpoint if it was part of like the government or whatever you want to say for the Pharaoh and like the whole crew of people telling each other what to do and, and whatnot, because I said, as I got older, I had to, it was like a point of, you must do this or we'll take your life. You'll be next. So I actually became a I guess you would say sorceress, someone who um, would use hypnosis to kind of put you under a little bit because we wanted the body to be absolutely preserved perfectly. So when the Egyptians would would harvest the organs um, out of bodies and stuff and put them in jars for the gods, you know, that whole scene, Um because I did a little research after I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, they took organs and put them in jars. I was like, what the heck? But when I went up, when I got to that point, I saw myself as this gorgeous Egyptian woman who was fully mature and fully almost evil. I became then evil. I kept saying delus- I was delusional. I felt delusional. I felt very hot. I was in the pyramid, and we had this one spot where we would do the sacrifices. And as I was walking, I had a torch in my hand, and I'm walking down this hallway that was so big. I look over and I see the um, the f- guard. You know, you know, in the Egyptians where they have like the, the the dog face, and they're like the guards and stuff. Well, there's two of them, and in the middle cut out was the slab of marble. And I had uh, Hebrews as my slaves. I had two and I made them come with me and they had lights and whatnot uh, right there. And uh, when I looked behind me, I saw this sweet little girl that she was a Hebrew. She wasn't an Egyptian. And it's like, i felt everything. I, I, f- I felt the screams. I felt the evilness of me. I started crying. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, I've taken a lot of people. I've taken a lot of people. And I just bawled because I could feel their screams. I could feel their don't take my life. I could feel it all. But I was, as that person, I, it was them or me. That Was so selfish. But anyway, that was the life I had. So, anyway, so we get the girl on there and it goes through the whole scene. And she goes, Well, do you do? The practitioner asked me if I harvested the organs out. And I said, Oh my gosh, no. I said, Absolutely not. I'm Egyptian and I don't get my hands dirty. I literally made my Hebrew slaves do it. And, And I bawled. I cried so hard because I'm super opposite in this life. I am super loving and sincere, and I don't like anyone being hurt. I don't like anyone in pain. I don't like causing pain. I don't like anyone feeling a certain way because I maybe conflicted, you know, some kind of feelings. I mean, I don't even like to, like, make my family mad. That's why I realized that came through and I kind of walk on eggshells, making everyone absolutely happy. I'm a people pleaser and that's not healthy either, but having the session that really helped me clear that out. So anyway, the practitioner's job as you're going through a life like this in particular, um, you know, is to help clear that away. That's an energy stagnant in your body that gets transferred into the next life. Um, and she said, um, what's wrong? You know, she was talking to me and, and trying to calm me down. And I said, they're happy with me because I'm good at what I do. And she's like, well, what do you get from all this? And I was like, oh, well I get luxury. I get a bath and they bathe me and they feed me grapes. Like I literally could see myself in this really cool bath grapes. They were feeding me grapes. They were fanning me because it was extremely hot. Because I'm sure Egypt's hot as heck. I've never been to Egypt. Obviously, me, Jennifer, <laughs> um, and uh, so it's like, yeah. So um, when she got me to that, she keep as. As the practitioner, you're basically moving the person through significant dates, significant times. So we went through that life and then we got to the end to the death scene of when that person was going to pass away. And I saw myself in the... Actually, I should go back because what I thought was really cool is she asked me if I was married. And I then saw my husband. She kind of knew a little bit about Egyptians because they kind of wanted purebred. So they always wanted someone who was royal. So they, you know, like King Tut actually hooked up with his cousin. Like it was like that. Rose and bread, you know, that whole scene. But they were actually thinking pure. You know, they really wanted pure. Um, they didn't want outsiders in. Oh, cool. That's very cool. Um. I'd like to experience that. Like, Oh yeah. If you ever connect with me and come to West Yellowstone, Montana, I would love to do a session on you. I think that'd be so fun. Um, but I, I saw my husband and she asked me, um, where my husband came from. And I said, he, he's not my family. I won't do it like that. Um, And I thought that was funny that I said that because I said he came from the other kingdom, but he is Egyptian. (laughs) So I didn't really understand that. Like as me listening to that, I do, I would love to like indulge a little bit more, but I didn't need to. And I saw that I had two sweet kids and I remember reaching my hand out and like coddling their chin and being like, oh, they're so sweet. I had a little boy and a little girl and I said, oh, adorable. (laughs) And then, um, you know, just as I moved forward, and then she took me to my death scene, I was actually in bed and uh, dying, of course. That's the end of that life for that person. And um, she said, what do you see? And I said, I kind of cried. And I said, I see all the people that I've taken their life there here for me, they're here for me, is all I could say. And I said, I also see my son and my daughter. My daughter's holding my hand and my son's standing in the back of the room and he's wanting me to die. Because as Egyptians, if the parents leave, then they become in power, basically. They become in control of what's going on. Um, I thought that was crazy. And I kind of read about it and they really, do do, really did do that. And, um, and I said, I don't want to die. And she said, why? And I said, because they're all here. They're going to take me. They're going to take me. Like I had this fear that I was maybe going to hell. I don't know. I I couldn't really define that feeling, but more like I was scared what was going to happen. So she takes me through the actual dusting where I actually lift out of the body. And I do a deep breath. I go, (sighs) just like that. And I floated out of the body. And she's like, how are you? And I was like, oh, I was like, that was easy. And I had this very light voice. And I was very like, It was a different voice than what I was just explaining this Egyptian lady And then i start crying like sobbing like beyond cry i it's hard to imagine that we have these emotions stuck in there (laughs) hi and um and she said are you okay like what what happened and i said everyone i took all those lives i took they told me that they were sorry they're forgiving me and they're showering me in this beautiful gorgeous magnificent white light and all i could do was cry because it was so powerful it was so beautiful and it was so what a relief i mean literally is how i felt what a a relief um it was this energy that just needed to be relieved, released and it felt so good so now in my life, I, I kind of like look at, I listen to my stories, listen to my sessions. I mean, and, and really I try to understand if anything I can like release other stuff, you know, release how I feel. Kind of like what I was saying before is like I um, walking on eggshells, for instance, she didn't clear that out for me. So as a practitioner, we need to clear those things out for people so that they don't hold on to it. Um, because I kind of still did it like walking on eggshells. Like I just said, people pleaser, I don't mean to do that. That's not healthy to be a super people pleaser. (laughs) A little bit is great, you know, being a kind person and a good person, obviously, but not going overboard and giving yourself some good, decent, uh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. So, um, I appreciated that is like listening to it and I appreciate my higher self and the universe for guiding me um and letting me see that life and letting me know that's kind of where that came from and I just held on to it. I am thank you. I appreciate it. It's like every day that I've worked on myself and um got me to this point, I, I just I know now that I'm a light worker. I know now that I'm an old soul. My soul's probably been around, help create this earth, help create the air, help create the planet. i realize that in life now, (laughs) now how magnificent we really are. Before that, I mean, I always just lived a regular basic life. I'm from Detroit suburbs. So I, I actually lived a very, I lived in poverty, period. That's just how I grew up. Um, italian girl you know my family was broken my dad left my mom you know that whole scene it's you know now i look back it's no problem then as a kid i was like oh this is devastating how could this ever happen but you know now i realize wow it's so perfect like before i came into this life i wanted certain experiences obviously i see them now and i can only appreciate them now um, that's why I love QHHT because it's really helped me expand my mind and open myself to the universe and know that what came out of me with the Egyptian, know that that's right. hmm And know that, yeah, I am, I'm more confident than I ever have been just by acknowledging <laughs> I've been through all that. It's awareness, I suppose. Yeah. Awareness is, absolutely magnificent thanks for coming on and joining me i always appreciate having people on here and um and i love your comments yeah super great um i really like it i think it's neat yeah so past lives they're incredible we have some of us have none this could be our first life Literally. And you see those people, they absolutely struggle. You can see people struggle. You can see them that they, like life is literally hard for them. It's because most likely they've never lived a past one because when we live all these past, we've lived all these past lives, they help us on how to actually even be human and, and what it even feels like to even be in a body. It's like, it just goes like my life has been pretty good because I I mean, I function pretty well in society. I don't get depressed. Um, I get confused, (laughs) but I don't get myself down too much. Like I said before, this, I I was always a people pleaser. Um, Now I've realized I can do that at a different level. And I suppose that I've kind of blocked myself from success. and I blocked myself from wealth um, on my own. It's, you know, it got in my way and I, I started judging and I started judging myself being, comparing myself to others. And, and that's really not the case to be doing. And I think ever since then, in the last year, I can see the transformation of myself. I can see the, um, you know, cause you always try to look in the future to your higher self and and see your very best self because essentially we're all meant to live the best us we can live Um, that's why we come down here we have free will we can choose what we want and that's incredible and we're all entitled to wealth it's how we hold it i've realized that you know i grew up in poverty so i held it like oh there's no way i could be because i don't have a talent but what does that really mean? You know, (laughs) I mean, my daughter, she, she just listens to like people who play video games on, on YouTube and they just do it and they talk and that's it. And those, those kids are, they're not really doing anything but playing little video games and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a trip. And so I, I'm like, if these little kids can do that, I mean, I can do this and I can spread, you know, and be a motivational, inspirational speaker and, um, tell people about QHHT and do Reiki. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's incredible. I, I love the fact that no matter what if you want the universe on your side, the universe is on your side. It's literally that simple. I feel like we complicate everything as humans tend to do. <laughs> if it's not complicated, it's not right. And it's like, no, that that's wrong. If it's simple, it's right. It doesn't need to be complicated. I never thought any of that stuff needed to be complicated. Um, and... Um, I've had some other really cool significant past lives. Like I think even at the beginning of this video, I kind of talked about as I was coming into a life, um, generally you're a little kid when you come into these lives. So you don't even know what that life's even going to hold. I thought that was interesting because most of the lives that I popped into, I was a young person. And then I, she would move, they would, the practitioner would move you through that life and you'd be a little bit older and, and a little bit older. And so I went into this other life. I really wanted to, so for example, my aunt wasn't really healthy and I was kind of worried about her. And here are this cool technique of QHHT. You can actually ask about family members. The higher self will actually give you beautiful guidance and, uh, and pull that person up. Because essentially we're all one. So that higher self is your personality as well as it can tap into anyone. Anyone. It does not matter. Does period. We are all one when it comes to that. Um it has a your personality because obviously it's coming through you. But it can so anyway, what I wanted is to connect to my aunt. And I didn't really know that we changed roles so much at the beginning. When I first pulled this other um, past life up, I didn't realize every time we go into a new life, sometimes we don't even stay in the same family. Sometimes we go to a whole nother family. It just depends on what we want to learn. And sometimes we stay in the same family and we say, okay, now I'm going to be the brother or now I'm going to be the uncle, whatever And so I didn't really realize that. So when I went into this past life, it was a Civil War past life, literally the time of the Civil War. I did not know that because when I went into that life, I was a little kid and I remember it being hot and like Southern and my hair was perfect. I remember it being perfect and I was in like white garments and I just had this really long strawberry hair cute little freckles on my nose. And I'm Italian. So my skin's like olive and I have brown hair. <laughs> and, uh, so I go into that life as a little kid and I'm outside and I say, Oh no, I need to go in. And the practitioner's like, what? And I'm like, I need to go inside. My arms are burnt. I'm burnt. And she's like, Oh no, you're burnt. What happened? And I said, the sun, I can't be in the sun. And so I think that was, that was crazy. So I didn't feel the burning cessation was more of just warm. And so she cleared that out. And you know, as I, as I am a level two, I'm a little bit more advanced. Like I said, I have 35 people under my belt and she maybe had like seven people under her belt. So when you do sessions, every single person is different. We've all been through different things. We've all had different lives. Um, and, uh, so as, as I moved through that life, I was a young lady. And when I saw myself, it was like, I, I was outside and I was smelling my flower garden. And she's like, what are you doing? Cause I was like, I was like literally smelling and she can hear me breathing in and she's like, what, what's happening? And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm just smelling my flowers, but I had like the Southern, voice. And my family is Southern. Like I have family that lives in Tennessee, lives in Louisiana, all those places, Florida. Um, and, uh, so I had this like Southern, um, voice and, uh, geez, hang on one second. And, uh, I'm smelling flowers and whatnot, right? And she's like, what are you doing? Smelling the flowers. And when I look over, I see this giant willow tree. It was gorgeous. Like the most beautiful willow tree I think I ever saw And the greenest grass and a beautiful arch filled with roses and flowers and just every single flower I could ever imagine. I felt very rich. I felt, she asked me to describe my dress and I said, it's white. I said, but it's not a wedding dress. <laughs> and I, I said, I had buttons and it goes up to my neck and the sleeves go to my wrist and you can't see my skin. And I have a giant rimmed hat on and my hair was in like a bun and, uh, and it was in a bun. And she's like, what do you? hang on one second. She's like, what are you guys doing? And I said, Oh, I was like, we always have, um, we always have lunch out here. And my friends come over and I could hear them laughing. And they were sitting at this little metal white table and they all had giant rim hats on. And all I was excited about was smelling my flowers. And I realized I had brand new boots on. And they were the new style, but they, (laughs) it was crazy. And I described them and all that stuff. And they really were that time. Like when I looked them up, I was like, holy crap. (laughs) This is amazing how, what comes out of you, what life you've lived. And I said, well, they're not really my friends because they're just fake. So they just, and she's like, they're just fake. And I said, well, they're only my friends because of my dad. And she's like, because you're, who's your dad? And I said, oh, I was like, oh yeah, my dad. And I could see him and he was this like jolly guy and he um, was a mayor and a judge where we lived. And so that must've put me at elite level. Did not realize that nor did I even really explain that because I realized she asked me to describe the house. And when I, and it's so weird when, when you do that, the person ends up right in front of the house. For instance, I ended up in front of the house when I was in the backyard, like within seconds. And I was like, oh, this is a gorgeous house. It has pillars. And like, it was like one of the back in the day pillared white house with with black shutters, just your original Southern gorgeous house the people lived in. And I said, oh, we have a a slave. Here I go again with the slave. But literally I realized, because in this life, holy crap. It's, it would blow my mind even say a oh, while. So anyway, at that time, I, I even said, I was like, yeah, she's our slave, but she's our family. I said that because I said, we treat her like family. And, uh, and she says, and I said, yeah, she's bringing us some drinks and we're having, I couldn't tell what we were actually eating, but I could tell that, um, we were drinking like a juice that like the, the lady, our lady, the maid would like, I said, well, it depends on what season it is. Sometimes it's grapefruit. Sometimes it's like ice, oranges. Like I said that. And I said, some, and I said, I really hope that I can have Doing, I guess, oh, okay, and uh, I thought that was amazing because what the heck? I mean, what the heck? Anyway, move forward. The dad starts to die. I'm walking up our like in the house, have water, like a bowl of water, and a pitcher of water. What in a rag in a tray. And I like could see myself walking up these stairs to the bedroom that he was at. And at that time there weren't bathrooms inside the house, but he had one built in the house because he was dying. And I said, I'm so sad. And she said, why? And I said, my dad is dying and it's, that's the end for him. And I don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, she said, oh, She's like, well, who's there? And I said, me and my, I felt like Matilda was her name. And I kept saying me and Matilda. And she was like, who's Matilda? And I was like, oh, she's our, she's our family. She's our maid and she's taking care of my dad. And she told me to uh, go get water, but I stood at the kitchen because I was so confused. Once again, I had another life where I did not know anything about the kitchen, I didn't know where the bowls were I was frustrated it was like a sense of frustration because I wanted to be able to help the best I could but I couldn't you know I wasn't allowed in the kitchen I said I'm not allowed in the kitchen and she's like what do you mean you're not allowed in the kitchen I said no like I literally stood out this kitchen and there was no one in this kitchen that I was seeing and I was like well I'm not allowed in there because they said I can't go in the kitchen weird I'm a grown adult like when I'm viewing this and uh, anyway, I don't know how I found the water and all that stuff, and gave it to her, but she moves me forward, and I see him, and they put the sheet over him, and I'm like, "Oh, he's gone, and we buried him and as I'm going through that moment, I don't know if any of you guys have ever watched like Fried Green Tomatoes, like the actual movie where they're like when the brother dies, and they do a giant um funeral like and then there's a dinner afterwards literally it looked similar to that it was like very southern lots of willow trees very southern there was a few white people and there was a few black people and um and I kept saying thank you I would try to like look at them and say thank you I appreciate that My dog was literally having a dream. I um, was like trying to run in his dream. Funny. And I just kept saying like, thank you. Thank you for helping. Thank you. I really, really want you to know. Thank you. And she's like, who are you thinking? And I was like, oh, I was like, that's Matilda's family. I was telling Matilda's family, thank you for making the food and thank you for helping. And, and I was standing next to Matilda. And so I went through that life. Then I went through as I was getting older, I wasn't very much older. I would say maybe early fifties. And um, I was dying and she was like, cause I was like, oh, I'm in bed, I'm sick. And she's like, you're sick. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm dying. And she's like, oh no. She's like, how old are you? And like basically wanted to, figure that out. And I said, Oh, I'm not that old. I think I'm 50. Or I said, I am that old 50. I think like that. (laughs) And she said, who's taking care of you? And I look over in bed and I look over and I see this sweet lady, Matilda, or me, go through it. She takes care of me. I love her like a mom. And I say that I'm like, I love her like a mom. I love her. She's so sweet, and she's, she said, I don't know what I'm going to do if you leave. I don't know where I'll go, because we took care of her. We, and she, so the practitioner is like, well, how old is she? And I said, oh, she's very old. And I said, and the practitioner said, very old? How old is that? And I said, hmm, probably like 70. Which I'm thinking back then, you really didn't live that long. Like 70 was super old probably, but she looked so young. Like she did not look 70. And, uh, I thought that was interesting. It kind of blew my mind a little bit when I said that. So we went through that. She took me through the death scene. I lifted out of the body. Once again, a breath, that's it. Inhale and out. And I literally drifted out of the body and I was like, oh, that was easy. And she says, how do you feel? And I said, amazing. And she's like, well, what did you? what did you learn from that life? You know, what did you take in from that life? There's always a lesson and there's always a purpose. And I said, oh, I see her sadness. And she said, who's sadness? And I said, Matilda's. I see Matilda's sadness. She doesn't know where to go after this because we took care of her. And she didn't really have to live... A bad life as at that time there was slaves it just was when i looked up the time it was 1860 and that's just a civil war time and i was a little blown away by that when i lifted out of my body i could see the whole area that i lived in and i could see the war going on down further away from me and I could see what state I was in, but it wasn't quite a state yet either. Like, I feel like it was at the beginning of it. It was like Louisiana area and like that area. And um, and and I said, and as I'm going through telling her what I, I felt about that life, what I've learned about that life, I said, I didn't really learn much more of like, it was just like I was spoiled almost. So I almost was coddled where I didn't really learn a whole bunch in that life. Maybe, maybe not. And, uh, and I said, oh, well, Matilda is Jennifer's aunt, Brenda. So my aunt, who I love, her name's Aunt Brenda. I love her like, oh, in this life, in this current life I'm living. And my higher self says, oh, that's Jennifer's aunt. That's why she loves her so dear. That's when I realized the role changing because I'm like, what? What the heck? Um, That kind of. Yeah, that just kind of like blew my mind as far as um, how we live these lives and they it's like back to back to back. We really don't wait to come back. We want to come back immediately. We just have to come up with a plan. And, uh, oh, my gosh, my just must, like run into streams. My dog, he's so cute. When he sleeps, he like runs in his dreams. He cracks me up. Anyway, <laughs> I put a little blanket on him. Um, it's amazing what we experience in our past lives. what kind of past lives we even come up with? Um, I know (laughs) animals are so fun. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I love past lives. I love the whole, like thinking that we even, and this was like these past lives that I'm, I explained these last two ones, two of them, um, They were before I really was aware, you know, they were at the beginning when I was just practicing. So I know the potential. I know the incredibleness. Um, There's another guy I'm going to bring on here. His name's Noah. So in the next few days, hopefully I can get him on here. His was incredible. I I can't wait to share his story with you guys. You're going to be blown away. It's magnificent. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really cool. And to think what yours could be, what past lives have you had? That's the cool part, you know, when your mind can be that open and that, um, like we always kind of wonder, you know, I love that. I think that's neat. And I think that's what holds our imagination active, you know, cause as we get older, our imagination kind of drifts away and we just kind of live reality. And that's not always the right way to, it's not the wrong way, but by any means, right? But, um, yeah, you know, it's nice to have an imagination and what it could possibly be. I love that. I think that's incredible. Um, yeah, so I don't really – I mean, I have some other past lives, but they take a little while to, um, <clears throat> you know, go over and explain. And, and But I want to do another episode where – I could possibly even tell you guys about a couple other ones they're just neat um i have a a dear friend that went through one and i thought it was incredible too thanks yeah it's fun makes me like think okay who's next who's coming to me next yeah so you can check my page out at Jennifer Martinez, QHT.com. You can check Dolores out. She's incredible. She's all over the place. Um, you can go to qhhtofficial.com or to her actual page, dolorescanon.com, and you can find a practitioner in your area. They are all over the world. It's quite amazing, um, the growth of QHHT and the experience I just I love the growth I don't think Dolores would she would be floored if she was literally alive to see this growth she just would have loved to have seen it I mean I know she can see it as far as spirit but you're not that was the other thing you're not connected to that life anymore that's what else I was gonna say it's like it drifts away like the wind and you can activate it. It is in the cellular structure of your body, but of your like, but at the same time, it's like you're not focused on that life anymore. So it drifts away. And um, that's really neat, just saying that you're not focused on that life anymore. And that's what makes everything here and now. So that already happened in our timeline of existence. And who's to say I wasn't alive in the early 1900s after that? And I always actually felt like I was like a flapper or sometime in the um, the early um, 20s because I'm attracted to the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. And I feel like I passed away possibly even in the 50s, late 50s, because I am obsessed with that time. And I'm like, why would I be obsessed with that time? I always feel like if you're obsessed with something or have a sense of feeling of something, it's because you've either lived that time, you've experienced it, and don't doubt that. That's what else I was going to say. Because if you start adding doubt, then you might as well forget it. You know, because it's, it's crazy. It is thanks for coming on my page. I really appreciate you guys coming on here and spreading some love. Right. So then there was some, especially two times. That's what I I appreciate you even saying that because it's like, there had to have been some kind of lesson you were holding on to, And you know what else I've realized is that when we were, I was, I was going to share that with you guys on the next session is that I was a um, Roman Greek, um, uh, what do you call them? It's almost like the person that tells the, like during Caesar's time where he had like someone who would tell him what to do. I can't remember what they, what they're called, like a Druid priest, priest. That's what it is. My mind was like lost there, but it was like a priest. And, um, when we were those things, the thing is with that is we've created vowels like os and those energies stick with us. So sometimes we'll tell ourselves, oh, well, we can't have certain things. It's because that energy held on to us because we're actually, we sh- should be able to have whatever we want. Yeah. Oh, I can guarantee you that. I, I was a witch one time and my friend was too. I, I actually have been hung and I have been burnt both. And my friend, so I can't wait to bring my one friend on here. She was a witch. She was hung and um, it was crazy. <sighs> yeah. And so um, the thing is too, and that's so sad. You say three times and you say none twice. That's none. Well, there had to have been something there that needs to be released um, because the the thing that would make my mind go is, is like, why were you at twice? You know, there had been something that you was trying, you were trying to learn, and then you came back as like probably a medicine woman or a medicine person to say woman or man or whatever. Um, and they, that was the time of where there was just so much evil that they thought, oh gosh, she's a witch. Well, we're taking her we're burning her up. Um, Dolores's daughter, Julia Cannon, she has an amazing, uh, story about that. Dolores actually did a session on her daughter, several sessions on her daughter. And, um, and that's what it was like. It was a horrible one. She was screaming too. And as a practitioner, she puts that video in there um, (laughs) for all the practitioners and it freaked me out because I've had some really crazy incidents in my sessions. So um, to see that situation, she actually was screaming. She literally, her body felt like it was burning, even though she was sitting in the classroom with 30 people, you know, and so that's absolutely super cool that um, your body can do that. So she actually told our class that she would have to calm the body down and say, okay, this is what I'm going to present to the class. So she was super in tune where she could tap right in. And I kind of briefly discussed that when I first did my first video here is that when you reach level three QHHD, you're so in tune and you're basically a master at that practice. And she can just re- go right under. It didn't take her no time at all. And, uh, and she could go to exactly what life she wanted to go to because she had did so many sessions with her mom. Mm-hmm. Cause her mom was obviously Dolores Cannon and she was learning. She didn't even understand this. She was like, what, what is this? This is amazing. QHHD, what? You know, I, I don't, I can't even imagine what really, what Dolores was really thinking. Like, cause she was the trailblazer for it. She had no one to fall back on. She had no one to be like, good job. You got it. You, this is exactly what you're, you know, nothing like that. And as she was developing this, her daughter was developing, um, what's it called? I actually just took her daughter's class and it's called, um, soul speak. So, um, and you can buy the book, you can check it out. Julia cannon. (sighs) Right. Yes. That is so cool. I've had the same experiences as like, for instance, I was just explaining my Egyptian life, never been in Egypt, but I could describe it to a T, how it felt, how it smelt, all of it. Bizarre. <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, the higher self, the angels, I was just telling you, come through the body because our bodies are magnificent, we're energy and they come through and they sometimes we... They um, take desperate measures because we don't listen to our guidance system. We don't listen to our angels. Um, so Julia, as they're developing QHHT, Julia and Dolores, they Julia also then becomes very intuned where the spirits are talking to her directly, and they talk to us directly, all of us individually directly. And uh, so we get issues in the body. So for instance, just as an example, um, I was going to say, I was just kind of, okay. So insomnia, fear. You, so I'm going to in the index of this book, Soul Speak by Julia Cannon. So she came up with this as she's practicing and learning what QHHT really is and what the higher self really does and comes through us and gives us Actually gives us guidance if we want it, but doesn't make us because this planet is free will That's why we have the Our our planet symbol is yin and yang Because we are good and evil. We have the experience of both right now and Having that experience of both puts us at free will I I even when I was under two I explained what, so there's councils on the other side and all of that. So I explained all that when I was under, but I just wanted to give you like an example of what's in the book. It's amazing. Even if you get the book and, and kind of just, you you can get it on Amazon. I think it's like $10. Um, But insomnia, usually it's fear. um, Usually from a situation that's happened in childhood. So if you have insomnia, there you go. And it's not like the exact um, reasoning because we're all different, but that's kind of like the gist of it. Uh, you know, like, you know, some people might have a little bit of other issues from insomnia being like they have too much going on in their lives and they can't relax their mind. But you know what I realized too? How Have you laughed today? That that's the biggest have you laugh today, like literally belly laugh, like so hard you could just cry. Like it's the best laughter. It makes your whole body feel so good. That's for me, I know, and for everyone I know, it like hooks them up so well. I, I just, I know laughter is a big deal. It makes us feel good. So if it makes us feel good, why don't we do it every single day? So we need to start finding things that make us laugh. We need to start whatever it is, funny animals, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever makes you laugh. Literally anything that is, um, you know, what makes you laugh. So anyway, um, I, um, I love Dolores and I love Julia. Uh, they have really, like, expanded my mind with what they have come up with. Um, so I'm certified in soul speak. It's really an intuitive practice. You really need to be in tuned. Um, But thank goodness for like Reiki and other things like that for me, because it's really opened up my mind to the universe. Realize, wow, I, I hold the universe. We all hold the universe. Every single one of us. We hold it in our body. We just deny it. It's magnificence. And when you really when you wake up every morning and you tell yourself I am magnificent, I mean that's the best sensation ever. Self-empowerment, self love. I think it comes down to just truly putting yourself first. I mean, you don't have to be selfish, but like I mean, to a point where you're healthy, you're happy. Why not? And, you know, I've, I've always judged myself. Oh, I'm, you know, I don't look near as perfect as some other people online, or I don't have the best voice as some other people online. But when I stopped doing that and started giving myself self love and self care by like diet exercise, and it's not really even diet. It's just eating good. It's eating healthy and clean and fresh. Um, And actually, I stopped worrying and I stopped, you know, there was so much fear. I I realized I was an empath and I was absorbing everyone's fear and everyone's doubts, which then in return, I was fearful. and I was super like I was so doubtful. It was terrible. It was like, no, I can't do it. You know, I was that's pathetic. And it, it was like as soon as I stopped that and I said, no, I am worthy. I'm pure love. I'm magnificent. And when I started doing that and exercising and meditating and just loving on myself, absolutely loving on myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but it takes your own initiative. You know, it takes your own self to say, you know, cause here comes the ego. That's all. That's what the ego does. He's like, Oh no, 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 you'll be fine. Eight to five miserable life, at least you'll be alive and eating. You know, that's the ego. <laughs> but it's making a beautiful blend with the ego, saying, Thanks for keeping me alive, ego. Thanks for leading me to the good stuff. Um and and putting good people around me and putting good food in my mouth and loving myself. I've here it is literally a week of straight doing it. The universe has no choice but to offer the very best to me because my mindset's that way now. I tell myself that I can do anything and I am. I think you make it definite when you say I am. And um, I've realized that and it was like more empowering. It was like, oh yeah, this is it. I am healthy. I am And it feels good. Definitely. Um, I absolutely love empowering people. I love motivational speaking. I hope I am one day going to be someone like Tony Robinson, where I'm uplifting everyone I can uplift. Whoever wants to hear my voice, whoever wants to see me. I plan on doing tours. Um, I plan on going as many places that need me. Those places that are in the dark, you know, places that are um, just really needing light, and shower them with love and light, and and to reassure you that you're beautiful, you're magnificent, your being is. And I know we have all these amazing personalities. Woo, we sure do. <laughs> but that's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's neat. I love it. I love um, where I live. I think that's helped me because it's isolated me a little bit. Um, And that's what's interesting that it has isolated me. You know, I'm used to the city. I'm used to having a lot going on and living where I do, it's a lot more remote, a lot more work on yourself. And, um, and now I understand, you know, I understand now the whole deal of it. I understand why I'm here and, and it's me. I live, I can't wait to tell you, I have some other, um, I know, I thought about that. I have some music that I want to put on, but I just felt very compelled to just let people know who I am first and hear kind of my stories I have to offer. And then I feel like as I move forward, um, doing things like that. And so it's just like all a learning process. So I appreciate that. Um, That's pretty neat. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on my page. I love um, getting my word out there and just expressing who I am and meeting people. I love, I love humanity. I love watching people better themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think we resonate more with music because um, vibration. That's why we even have music. We need, you know, vibrations first out of any of our senses. You know, you can always feel it when someone walks through the door and you can always feel them like. Is that a good person or not, you, if you are in tune, you can sense that you can feel it. Sometimes people are just attra- like instantly attracted. It's like, Oh, who's this? You know, and you're like instantly attracted by the vibration of that person. And you can be across the room and they could just be entering a crowded room and you still can feel the vibration. Yeah. Like I always think that I, uh, I'm an empath. Well, I know I'm an empath, I always have felt people's energy and. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. Past lives. They're neat. Much. These past lives. It's a, a hard to imagine that here we are, right here and right now. We've probably have all had lots of past lives or you wouldn't even be listening to me. I've realized that because a lot of the new souls, they don't even look for stuff like this. It's usually all the old souls that look for stuff like this, because essentially we're all trying to be the best we can be. And sometimes that's by listening to other people and building ourselves up and, and, um, whatnot. So thank you. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I really feel like I haven't really ran into anyone yet who's a brand new soul, who comes to these kind of classes and pages. And the one girl I have done who was absolutely a brand new soul, she had a friend who brought her to my page. So I thought that was interesting. It's amazing how the angels work and how they guide you to where you need to be. And sometimes it's going through other people to say, Hey, like they'll literally go through other people to give you a message or they'll go through your car to give you a message, all sorts of things. You'll get like, just pay attention to that today. Just see how many messages you receive from your angels. I think that's a good, good challenge because I think it puts you more aware. It puts you more in tuned and your angels love stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's neat. Yep. I sense just top of my head, just by reading your the baby is um, so they're hybrids that are coming. They're more advanced than we are now. If you haven't noticed, little kids are way more advanced than us adults. It's because their DNA is almost fully, completely activated, and before they come here, they are in school. They're learning. And they're um, basically planning their life out, as we did, too, before we came. You look at your life and you see what kind of, um, right, that's exactly my point, (laughs) right? And your son most likely is, um, or your child is most most likely um, a hybrid. I've realized that with my kids, they're very advanced. And when I was their age, I was like, (laughs) not at all. Oh, sorry. Yeah, good. And um, they're so much more advanced. They see things so differently in the world than I do. And I love that. To me, that's precious because I am aware of it now and I can see that. But before I wasn't, I used to think, you little stinker. You know, why are you being such a brat? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Not really the case. They're just really advanced um, because for the future, You know, for the future, they're going to need to be advanced because of how it's going. You know, we need good hearted people here and our kids are the future. Obviously, we know that. (laughs) But they're up there just planning life out. My sister. um, Yeah. (laughs) So my sister just had a a, a miscarriage, total sad thing. Bummer. Well, when I went under to ask why, it's because the child was still in school and it, like on the other side, there is this like school for them. So that way when they come here, they're not just bombarded and, and overwhelmed by life, by being in a body, essentially. That's why we really have to be super precious to our kids because they're not us, they're completely different being as far as a little bit more sensitive, a little just different, you know, and, um, and we don't want to like tarnish that because we want them to be the very best they can be and not have the struggles we had. That's our only hope and wish is that they just grow up the best they can be and not struggle and, and know what you want. Yeah. Mm hmm babies are bossy. They are. It's like they just take over everything. <laughs> they're like definitely the boss. Um, but when they're baby, they're so precious. And I just, anyway, going back to how I I felt very in tune for a minute there where I could feel that the baby is just like up there and just so excited and wanting you to create their name and say their name and, and do a plaque. And that's what that That's what's so amazing. It's like they really want you to connect before they come, connect with them before they come and talk to them. And um, they can see their parents and they choose their parents because they need to choose what experiences they need. Maybe this time they need to come down and be um, a kid who is in uh, a baby of, you know, uh, someone who, isn't a mom and a dad and it's different circumstance. And so um, it just depends on what culture and what, like we are essentially, we've lived every life, every religion. And that's what Dolores has said. And that's why I've like, I love listening to Dolores. She's a matter of fact. She's very much like, nope, this is what it is. I appreciate that because I feel like our human minds can go back for teeter-totter. That can't be true. Yes, it can no, can't (laughs) that whole scene. So that's why I like Dolores. She's pretty confident about what she has experienced through sessions. And she doesn't just do one person and get the information and says, that's what it is. She has done thousands and she'd ask someone who lives, for instance, in California. um, She would ask all those questions to them and then go to Australia and ask the same exact questions. So that way she would have, um basically, uh, what do you call it? Just fatality where it's like no matter what, it's true type of deal. And so I thought that was incredible. That's how she got her valid information because there's no way they could ever have talked and communicated the the clients. Um I am gonna hurry. <laughs> right. And he's and the baby's probably laughing like, Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> My family is so funny. I can't wait to be a member. I can't wait to come down. And um and oh, that's neat. <laughs> Yogi bear. Hey, I live in Yellowstone. I live right next to Yellowstone National Park. So that's our little jelly stone. <laughs> so we always laugh and joke about that because there's been incidents where people have eaten at picnic tables and a grizzly bear comes out. We're like, oh, there's Yogi. <laughs> so that's funny you said that. Uh, and it's neat because most likely, most likely even your baby has lived multiple lives and has already experienced those things and they give you the idea and that's the other thing they put ideas in your head and you don't realize that because you're like oh where did that idea come from sometimes it's from the uh the baby that that baby's hanging out with you yeah isn't that amazing when you doubt it just erases everything it's like you you take away the excitement of life when you doubt and it's more exciting to have, to think, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, connected to my baby before my baby even comes and I'm, I'm talking to my baby and whatever. And it's like, yeah, if you just keep that alive in your imagination and, and before you know it, that, that's what I was going to say about my sister is like her message was to connect with her baby. And that her baby was going to come. It was just the baby needed to learn a little bit more before the baby came down. And I saw her baby and I saw her cuddling her baby. And so um, the higher self just doesn't lie. It sees what it sees and it tells you. And that's why I love QHHD. I think it's the, I think it's the neatest thing that has ever been created really. Cause you could just run with it and, it is the beginning of times for light workers right now and um, will be just as important in the future as like a doctor, a therapist, those techniques will be gone and they, people will be relying on practitioners who do Reiki and practitioners who do QHHT and just self-healing practices. Um, Because essentially, we can heal our own selves. We can talk to the other side. When people pass away, they don't leave us. They stay. They're right there. They won't leave you. Nope. Nope. If you want anyone connecting to you that has passed away, it's so simple to just think of them in your head. And that's how you bring them to you. Just put them in your head. And when you do that, they appreciate it. It's, you know, the other side's the same way. They leave the body and they have to then learn how to connect to the physical. So they're on the other side trying to connect to the physical. Hi. Um and so it's a learning process on both sides. You know, it takes us a little bit of learning process to realize that we can connect with something that isn't visible to us. I think That's the biggest deal is not doubting ourselves because we can't see it, but we should be able to feel it and we should be able to believe that even though we can't see it, it's there. I mean, mostly people believe in Jesus and which I do too. Definitely. I actually had a life during that time when he walked on earth. I was going to share that one too. Um, And I'll probably just share that one tomorrow. Um, It just, Time-wise, I essentially have to go to work after a little while, but um, uh, it's neat. It's neat because, see, you believe that he's there. You believe there's a God. You believe, maybe not the human God. One thing I realized was, like, I listened to my inspirational speakers, too, and they said, oh, well, here's God, and showed a picture to some, him, and he goes, no, that's a, that's you. That's a human. Like, God is no human. God does not have a face. God is not male or female. God is pure, beautiful, magnificent energy. And we are him. It's like if I have to use him because I don't have to use something. And um, it's like we're a part of God. In it. And that aspect, that's why I say we are magnificent. If we hold God in us, we are magnificent. Yeah. Oh, I love Morgan Freeman. He's amazing. Yeah. He's he's very amazing. I, I value his views. I love listening to him. So there's just a few people I love listening to because some people you just have to resonate with them, you know, and I definitely resonate with him. He came from poor you know, didn't have anything, worked his way up. I, I love his story. He has a magnificent story. Um, tell me about your guys' dreams. Anybody had any magnificent dreams that could possibly feel like you're in a whole nother life, whole nother, you know, like, do you guys have any experiences like that? It just seems like you guys are very in tuned, very, you can feel things, sense things. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just was curious about that. Um, What else is I going to say? Yeah, I'll, uh, oh, oh, do you just sleep very, I get, Oh, I would, oh, I wish I could do a session on you. I think that would be so neat to see. Curious. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are amazing. Yes. I love, I love their stories because they're so active. They're, um, we travel. So when we sleep, when we really, so I feel like, for instance, let me go back to Poe. You, you do you laugh enough do you stomach laugh enough like where you are laughing so hard it feels so good to your body just curious if you laugh enough there we go i kind of just felt that instantly when you said you you hardly dream because that instantly was like my intuition i can connect to people and i feel that about you it's like oh she needs to laugh a lot more she needs some laughter practice that so super good like find something that maybe a cute little baby who's silly or maybe the cutest pets ever who are just silly silly whatever makes you laugh just practice that a little bit practice by getting a really something that gives you great laughter and joy um but kids are amazing i love listening to oh good see i i felt that with you i when you said that I instantly felt that like connection where I could just feel like, Oh, um, good. Yeah. Good. I'm excited for you to try it. Yeah. I mean, it's joy. I mean, you can, it doesn't hurt. So it's like, why not try it? You know, <laughs> but I love when my girls come up with their dreams because essentially, like I said, our soul does not sleep. It does not need to, our bodies need to. Yes. Yes. And that's probably why I feel your being when you're open like that. I'm open, so we're already connected. Like I said, we we're just connected, as we are one, um, with the collective mind, like that. So I just instantly felt that with you. But I feel like if you practiced like laughter every day before you go to bed, even um, I bet you would sleep really well, and I, I bet you would dream really vivid. Um, you can even activate your visualization by even before you go to sleep, um, but just by like seeing things in your mind, activate it by like seeing what you ate, seeing maybe what trip you took last or, yeah, yeah, so that's great. Mm-hmm. But as the, as we sleep, our, our soul, the thing is, is this what we're viewing now? <laughs> but what we're viewing now is um in our lives um i just mean like we need our sleep we need it 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 rejuvenates us it makes us feel good it makes us breathe <laughs> makes us just feel good um and we go places, our soul travels. Like last night, I dreamt, and holy moly, I went somewhere else. I was with a whole nother family. I, um, it was bizarre. I believe I was in Florida. Here I am in Montana, and I was, I woke up and I was in Florida, and I, um, it was just bizarre, and I didn't. I didn't like who I was with and I didn't. So it's funny how that, how those, yeah. So deja vu is definitely like you've already done it. Definitely. Yeah. I, I've realized that with deja vu, I'll get deja vu. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've already done this before in another life. Or I'm connecting to a parallel life. You know, we have parallel lives. Yeah. Yeah. It can be like, it can really throw you off. But you know what? Don't let that be like a fear or anything. It just shows you how powerful you really are and that you can connect to another life, another parallel life, another time. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, you have a lot of energy. Seizures are energy. You have a lot, a lot of energy. You're very vibrant. Yep. I kind of wondered. Yeah. So I had a friend who did a session and he, he had seizures. He had epilepsy officially. That was literally what he had. And that's literally what It was like he was young, a kid having seizures. And then as he grew up, he was just curious why he had epilepsy. He didn't have any more episodes, but um it's essentially um your energy in your body that you didn't release and see we're very powerful we hold a lot of energy and we actually come here to be self healers and and practitioners for these things reiki all those kind of things yeah yeah it's like once you control that energy and you really use it for good he will never have a seizure again ever. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's just practice. It's just being aware of, um, taking care of yourself like that because we're magnificent. We're like these angels that come down here with this amazing, beautiful light and power. We have so much power. Yeah. Um, I just really mean like, you know, practice Reiki. Reiki is our born-given right because we are energy. Essentially, that's all we are. We have seven main energy sensors in our body and obviously more. But um, that's, you know, that's really important for us to learn. And I believe, you know, just me, I, I believe that... I learned it. Now I want others to learn it. I think that everyone should know it. It's amazing. My, I, I literally never thought I could do Reiki. I always doubted it. Um, but my husband gave me this book, and then all of a sudden I read it, and before I knew it, I loved Reiki. <laughs> well, you know, meditation oneness be you you can go online and there's lots of beautiful meditations that just connect you and and before you know it and you trust it that that's the biggest belief trust trust yourself yeah yeah trust yourself feel it just feel that energy and maybe hold your hand to your heart and 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 ask your angels like i said yesterday is like they're there for you because you know it's already a challenge to be in a human body let me tell you you know it's not easy being a human and with the emotions and our obstacles and you t- you ask your angels you say hey yeah yeah you you can feel of course you know but if you ask your angels to help you connect guarantee you you'll connect you'll feel that energy. Yeah that's really important we really want to before we go to sleep too is to relax our mind sometimes we've just had our whole day on it we have to work you know as parents and as the adults. We have to make sure there's dinner on the table the next night. We have to make sure we get up the next morning and go to work. You know, so there's a lot already on our plates, you know, and we're already living different lives to begin with. We don't. Well, I don't do Monday through Friday, eight to five. I can't do a job like that. (laughs) Yeah, and and be nice to yourself, you know, you you don't really deserve the doubt, you don't really deserve being hard on yourself, you know, and remember that, is that you don't deserve it, and that you deserve good, and that you deserve that flowing energy, and I always like to say also, too, is at the end of my meditations and my Reiki, what I like to do is... um, Because at the beginning, when I was first learning this, I never said it. And boy, that energy would just kind of almost be stuck in my body. I would have excess energy because I had so much energy. Is to say any excess energy that that my body does not need will go out my feet and into the world for anyone else to use. So I think that's really important. And then you trust and believe that energy went out. And energy is just really feeling it and really just know, and just believe that it went out your feet and into the world. It's, it is that simple. And just be gentle about it. Don't force anything. Don't overthink it. Don't doubt it. Um, If you feel like doubt is coming in, just let it kind of just come in and pass out, like go right out. And, um, and I, I, that's what I like to do. Because before I did that, I actually had a huge rash and rashes are also stagnant energy. I, I didn't do that. And I got this giant rash and I was like, what never had one in my life. So it was really bizarre. And then I read more about it. and I was like, Oh, stagnant energy that it was like extra energy that I just didn't need. Um, and, uh, so I did that and, It's really helped my energy flow because I have a lot of energy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You know, when you put, not to like doubt anything, but it's like, when you just let those thoughts come in and let them go out, even if it's quick, even if there's a lot, you know, you, you get the habit of it you get the routine of it um you have to like navigate through life a little bit what meditations would help someone who has adhd there's lots of stuff out there so you could actually probably find a beautiful meditation that would be so perfect for you that would fit you perfectly and that's what you have to like navigate through. And so if you can't, then you say, angels, I need some guidance right now. I need you to just show me a video that would help me with my expand my mind, clear my thoughts, give me good thoughts. And I think it's really just practicing good thoughts. I think a lot of us have hope, but then we doubt that right after. Yeah, me too. yeah i um i like to do all my meditations in the morning i'm a morning person i love like i I, to me it's like okay this is a brand new me brand new day um i had no guidance at first i I just kind of just winged it (laughs) which isn't always the best, but I think with my intuition and me asking my angels for guidance, that helped me. Um, yeah, it is, it puts you in this like perfect, um, it's almost like a a, a autopilot hypno, you know, like you're on autopilot style. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. We all have. So we're all amazing. We all have different ways of doing it because we're all essentially different. And I love that. So it's like that works for you. That's perfect. Um, Yeah. I, uh, I have, it seems like for me at night, I, I, My kids are in sports and activities. So I turn into the mom that has to pick everyone up and make sure dinner happens and make sure, you know, those kind of things happen so we can regroup and have a good day the next day. And so I tend to do that in the evening. So it's just like whatever works for you best. I know that'll shift and my kids will be grown and I won't have that. And it'll be a whole nother situation. Um, And I think that, um, that's cool, too. I think whatever works for you, you literally need to go with it, run with it, you know? And it's like, if, if that's perfect for nighttime, and then you just, you keep, you know, you don't have to do the same thing everyone else has to do, you know, or the same thing people are doing. That's what else I've realized, because I, I was really bad about judging. I was like, oh gosh, I'm not good at it because I hardly meditate and I hardly exercise but I just started doing me and stopped judging myself. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'm not a napper. Some, my husband's a napper. He can nap all the time. I, I don't know. My body just doesn't like it. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't do very much coffee. I love coffee. That's like one of my favorite drinks. I just love, love coffee. It's delicious, but I can't drink a lot of it. It makes me jittery. So <laughs> sometimes much needed nap is much needed. <laughs> um yeah, my husband, he loves to nap, but me and my girls, we we don't. We do not nap. My girls are super busy. They're always, you know, school and sports and go, go, go. And uh what just busy? What just overwhelming? Because I I get like that. I'm like, oh gosh, like I gotta go do this, do this, do this. And sometimes I just don't want to do all that stuff. So it's just amazing how um, we can go through life and criticize ourselves or say we're not doing this right. But I realized you can do this and that. <laughs> Why does it have to be this or that? Um, I've realized that in life and um, when you do that, I feel like it's a less worry, less trying to get everything done and um, choosing what you wanna do. And so um, I just kind of realized with my life that I'm gonna start doing this and that <laughs> um, and not getting overwhelmed, um, not worrying. I don't worry anymore. I've been practicing that. I used to kind of worry, how does my husband feel? Is he going to be okay today? Is he having a bad day? I don't know why I would do that, but I would. Literally, it was ridiculous. And that just ages you. It just does. Worry just ages you, period. And when you stop worrying and you just trust that it's all going to work out and that it's up, and and if he's just having a bad day, he's just going to have to figure that one out himself. You know, he's a really great guy and, um, you know, just some things changed and he just wasn't happy. And yeah, yeah. Um, And he, uh, you know, I told him, I'm like, I cannot make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. And I think that's what I was meaning earlier is like self-love. You've got to make yourself happy. No one on this planet could make you happy. It has to come within you. And it's like when you're the best you, and that's what I mean by the best you, you're happy, (laughs) you can shower everyone with so much love because you're you're already completely full of your self-love. Cause you don't, no one can love you like you, period. That's exactly it. No one can love you as much as you can love you. I didn't realize that. I was always looking for other people's love and feeling like I had no love and I had to learn that. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. It it really is amazing. Um, perfect. Well, yeah, I don't know. I just. Thought of those few things to say, but um I uh realized that it's already almost been two hours since I've done my session (laughs) and I have to go to work here soon. So thank you guys for coming on. I like love doing this and I love talking to you guys and sharing my thoughts and views. So I really appreciate you coming on here and spending your morning with me. And maybe it's your night, maybe I don't know (laughs) where you guys are, but Um, It's my morning, (laughs) so I just appreciate you guys a whole lot, and you guys are all magnificent, and when you wake up every morning, or even when you go to bed every night, say, I am magnificent. Just practice that. Find some funny things, things that make you feel good, and it's (laughs) not anything bad. It's all good. You know, like I, it's, you know, whatever. I don't know. Like, what do you mean? I appreciate you guys. Yep. Yep. You guys are awesome. I mean, you can use anything you want. I just think you're magnificent. I think we all are magnificent. I think people just need to be told they're magnificent. So that way you then become magnificent. (laughs) That's all right. I love laughing. That's great. I, if anything, I'm the one person who always laughs at everyone's joke, even when they're not. <laughs> uh, I am. a. Uh, I love laughter. I've always loved it. It doesn't take much for me to laugh. So thanks for being silly. I always appreciate it. Um, so I'm just going to try to do my shows every morning um, around this time. <laughs> I always think so. <laughs> Like it doesn't take, like, like I said, it does not take much for me to laugh. I can laugh at the basic is or whatever jokes or yeah. Um, But my husband has issues with laughter too. He cannot find anything that really makes him laugh. So that's his challenge in life. Um, Anyway, well, thank you guys again. um, You can go to my page. I have a YouTube channel. If you haven't checked that out, you can. There's just a couple videos of... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He would just love it. Cause I would just be laughing and he'd just be saying all sorts of things. Yeah. I love kids. They're awesome. Kids are just fun. I just, I love when they tell stories. I love when they, um, are goofy, (laughs) um, and they want to tell you about their dream or they want to tell you about their day. Uh, I realized I almost wanted to be, um, So my my daughter was like, mom, they need substitutes. But I'm like, oh, I couldn't teach kids. But I would just sit there and laugh with them and joke. So I was like, that would probably not work. (laughs) But yeah, I love kids, definitely. I could only have two. Definitely don't need any more than that. I love other people's kids. (laughs) I know they would. I mean, we would literally have a ball. We'd be like, let's have some cupcakes, and some juice, and just laugh all day. <laughs> um. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for interacting. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. You have two boys and I have two girls. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that. And my kids are opposite of each other. My oldest is very in to the universe i love talking to her about it and then my younger one is like opposite she just she's like mom i need to make um i mean she's she's just different <laughs> And yeah that's funny yeah kids are just they're a riot they're just too cool i mean life would be so boring without them that's awesome Yep. My oldest is Jasmine and my younger is Emily. And, um, yeah, life would definitely be boring without them. That's for sure. (laughs) I couldn't even do it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Thank you guys again. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. I got (laughs) to go to work. My day is going to be gone and I could stay on here all day. I've, I literally can talk about this all day. It's so fun. Thank you so much. Hope to see you guys too tomorrow. You guys have an amazing day and I hope you have lots of laughter and lots of good things come your way. Okay. Bye guys.